Welcome to the Foxy Digitals podcast for November 17th, 2023, Andre 3000, Flute, Not a Flute Album Day. It is not a flute album. There's a lot of flutes, but it's not a flute album. So everybody, just saying. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. I, I haven't heard it. How do I know it's not a flute album? Because uh, Carlos Nino said so. And if Carlos Nino said so, it works for me. Anyway, how's everybody doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Doing pretty good. I'm actually in a really good mood today. Uh, I woke up early and, and it was, so I'm recording this on Thursday, obviously I woke up, I woke up early and I, it was a really foggy morning and it was, I was just kind of standing staring out the window before anybody got up and kind of just looking at the sort of like foggy, very ghostly vibe landscape. And I, I mean, and to be fair, it was dark, so I couldn't see a ton, like I could see like where the street lights and stuff were. But and then, you know, the sun, it very, very first rays of sun started coming, and I, I kind of realized, and I, and I was saying this to uh, someone on the Patreon yesterday, that yeah, that like moment, the, or the that period that's like right before, during, and after day, like that just I guess it's just daybreak, it's not before it's whatever. It's like a really magical time. I don't know. I was just like in a really good, really good space. And, and I started hearing a thing. And so I wrote and record, like I just sat down and wrote and recorded this charlatan song really quick. Um, like it took like an hour and I made the song and I like it a lot. And um, I shared it on Patreon yesterday and was just, it just started my day off really well. And I've been in a good mood ever since. So yeah, um, trying to do a little bit of a Patreon push here. If, People would be amazing. People would join trying to have a goal of sometime next year, being able to sort of contract an audio engineer for like these podcasts and different things just to, yeah, I don't know. It would free up other time to do other things. And there's so many things I want to do. Oh my God. Um, one of these days I'm going to record one of these for probably just for Patreon just to spare the general audience here, but. I was saying this yesterday that I feel bad whenever people ask me the sort of the, what projects I'm working on now, you know, in reference to the sound leaves and being like, Oh, well, what are you going to work on now? And then I just word vomit at them for 20 minutes because I'm so excited about these few projects that I'm trying to make happen. Um, one in particular, it is a series of three projects under one umbrella. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's what's going on here. It's um, next week. There will be no Foxy Digitalis podcast because it is uh, a holiday here in the. It's Black Friday. It is a national holiday. No, uh, Thanksgiving is on Thursday, and just I don't know. Everything is just kind of shut down here for a couple of days. So uh, no Foxy Digitalis podcast next week. But there is a new songs for our lives on Tuesday. So for those of us uh, in the States who may be traveling or something on Wednesday or Thursday, that'll give you something to listen to. It's with Robert Aki, Aubrey Lowe, and it is fantastic. Um, so since there's no episode next week, I have chosen two albums of the week. Ha, that's pretty fun. Um, 
there's also a conversation with Marcus Floats, uh, aka Marcus Lake, at the end of this. So, you know, you can fast forward if that's all you're interested in. It's a really fun conversation. Marcus is awesome. I love his latest album, fourth album, it's on Constellation. So good. Please check it out. Um, but so the first album of the week I'm going to talk about is Myra Melford's Fire and Water Quintet. Hear the lightning. No, God, hear the light singing. I knew this was going to be something. This is as good an ensemble as there is anywhere in the world, I swear. Like, So you've got the great Myra Melford, who's joined by a host of other all-timers. Tamika Reed, Mary Halverson, Ingrid Labrauk. And, and so on the first uh, record that the, this ensemble made last year, Susie Ibarra played, played drums and percussion. And then on uh, this year, or on this album, it, they are joined instead by Leslie Mock, who had a wonderful record on American dreams earlier this year and is freaking fantastic in her own right. So yeah, straight off the bat. Look, I mean, that's just five amazing. So, but so there's a quote that came, it's, uh, it was in the liner notes or in the, in the press materials for this record from, from Melford that I really love when she talks about making this record and, she says this music was really written for these performers. The first album was what I imagined might be fun to do with them. The second set of material was really written to highlight who they are and how we play together in a much more intentional way than I was able to do before I got to know them. And I think that's really cool. And I think it also is when you listen to it, it's like, Oh yeah, because everybody shines on this record. And so while here, the light singing covers so much ground, um, like I really love the, the quiet parts where it seems like the, all of them are, you know, they're like sort of collaborating with negative space. There's some, there's some really choice bits on tracks four and five. There's this one part where Labrock is just kind of like doing all these different techniques and, and it'll be very textural and then it'll be melodic and it's quiet. And I don't know, but then, um, and then it's like Melford is sort of creeping up behind her with these really like lovely, interesting piano progressions. And it's a great example of the playfulness that exists throughout this record. And one of the things that makes it so engaging and just frankly, just downright pleasurable to listen to. Um, <clears throat> but with that in mind, uh, the, the places where it just gets intense and a little bit wild and it, it, is those are the parts that really speak to me. So like in Surgeon three, it, it just, it's like builds up and it builds up and you've got mock and Melford, like creating these sort of like concrete sonic forts with these sharp, this like sharp angled interplay. And then eventually it hits this breaking point. It's like someone flips the switch and everyone just goes supernova. Like loud rock, is just streaming fire in these really intricate kind of light speed, patterns and, and Reed sounds like she's going to tear her freaking cello apart. And then again, Melford and Mug just take, they take those sort of more inquisitive beginnings to the track. And then they just spin them into this tangled cathartic 
like mess. I mean, it's not a mess. It's very, oh, it's just, it's incredible. Um, and then the last half of insertion two is another real standout. Like, so like Halverson just takes us to another planet. Like my, my God, there is, there's literally nobody else. I swear that can play the way she can obviously. But like, and it's like this blend of sort of technical impossibility and emotive heft and, and, and it's overwhelming and it's completely absorbing. And these, like these little runs that she t- goes on, like, like the timbre of it and the tone of it is just so, I don't know. It's so distinct and precise, but like it all just holds the power of a thousand suns. It's like each note is a little dagger in the heart. And then Tamika Reed is right there with her and like taking those little missiles and just sort of gently sweeping them away and like clearing the space and holding, ah, it's, it's so beautiful and it's so amazing. And it just sort of leaves me shaken and frazzed, but in a glorious way. Um, Hear the Light Singing is a hell of a record. It's just, and it's so much fun to listen to. I think that is such an important feature. It's, you know, you hear all these musicians just at their peak and doing these incredible things, but you can tell that there's this, there's a joy in it. And it's just, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. It is out now in Rogue Art. And yeah, check it out. Okay, so the second album of the day is SOS from Greg Kowalski. It is on Mexican Summer, and it is tremendous. Um, yeah, so again, next week, mostly off. There will be um, a there, there will be a I got a really good premiere on Monday, and I think a track by track on Monday, and then the Robert Aki Aubrey Lowe episode on of Songs of Our Lives on Tuesday. It, or you can join the Patreon. You can hear it now. Plus all the extra bits. And again, the extra bits on that one are really good and really fun. Um, uh, and then, yeah, you know, then we'll just move along and go through the week. Hopefully it'll be not too wild. And uh, yeah. So anyway, on to Greg Kowalski. So I'm a, I'm a big admirer of Greg Kowalski's work have been for a while. Um, he, his tape chance era, if you will, I guess is it's some of my favorite music in that sort of, you know, kind of experimental drone, um, elongated sound piece space. I, I return to it often. I think about it often. And, um, I actually, so there's a, uh, I did an interview with Greg a couple weeks ago, which will be on a maybe the next episode of Fox Digitalis podcast. I can't remember exactly. I got to look at the schedule, but um, he had mentioned that. So he played at the Bottled Smoke Festival that 
I and Digitalis put on in 2007. And he was saying that that was the first performance of Tape Chance, which kind of blew my mind. And it was, it was one of the most memorable live performances I've seen. Um, Cause he had these just tape players all around the room and he was like walking around adjusting them, you know, doing things with them that just kept changing the soundscape. Um, anyway, that's not really have anything to do with his new album SOS, which is a totally different, totally different beast. And, the, the reason I bring the tape chance stuff up and the is because this is just so different and it's really, um, it's always really interesting to me when an artist, you know, has this th- this idea and this, this place that they have been exploring and mining and refining and all of these things for so many years. And then the time comes to leave it behind and do something else. And that, you know, what, if you're if you're into Greg's work and you like this album, you'll really enjoy the conversation we had about it. But the thing that that really just strikes me with this album is how pleasing it is. It is a lot of different uh, like synth patterns and sequences layered in ways that it just makes it like there's so much movement and so much melodicism that it just it kind of wraps around you and, and it just feels so good. I I put this on in the mornings a lot because it just, it's a great way to start the day and the, and it's just got this really like forward moving sort of progressive energy to it. And so everything about it is, is in, in that, like everything about it is, it captures that, right? It, It follows that. Like even, you know, you look at the cover and the color palette of the whole thing and the song titles. And it's just, it just makes me feel good. Um, it, it's, you know, when I think of the song titles, like, I mean, like, I'm just looking at this, like, like fragile water, a chorus of trees, brass dolphins. I mean, they're just so evocative and they, they just sound like things that I want to, close to me. And then this music is, you know, again, it's in this very kind of cosmiche, um, I hesitate to call it ambient. I mean, it kind of is, but it's, you know, minimalism, like it's very, it's in that space, but it's just the, the repetitions of it. It kind of, it, any sort of walls you put up, like, you know, like, Oh God, I don't need another album. Like it wears you down in this really great way. And it's just, it's really wonderful. And I huge recommendation on this. Um, and I just, I, am as I'm recording this, I'm just looking at the cover and it just makes me smile. So great album. It is out now on Mexican summer. Okay, in the seltzer salon section of today's podcast, I think that's what I'm going to call it now. I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I talked to Marcus Floats, aka Marcus Lake, about his latest album, fourth album, which it came out last month on Constellation, and it's I love, I really love this record. It's funny when it when I first got the promo, which was a couple months ago, I listened to it a lot, and then you know, kind of prepping for the interview, and and it was also album of the week. 
a couple weeks ago. I can't remember exactly when, but I listened to it a lot and it was, I just every, I, I feel like I knew it really well. And then I did the, I recorded the review for the album of the week and we did the interview and all those things. And then I kind of set it aside for a little bit. And then leading up to getting this interview ready for this episode, I put it on again and it just felt, it felt different in the same. I don't know. Like there was like another layer to it that revealed itself after a little bit of time away from it. And that just makes me really happy and really excited. And so now I've been listening to it a bunch again because it is, yeah, it's one of my favorite records of the year. And it, I'm, I've been a big fan of the Marcus float stuff for a while. And this is, this one's different. And it, it's like, if you, if you really love those other albums, like I do, then you're, I think you're going to love this. And I think you're going to be surprised by it. Um, and if you haven't heard any of the Marcus float stuff, start here, I you can start anywhere, but start here and then work your way backwards. And I think it's just, it's really interesting to hear how his compositional style has evolved and, and the way that with this record and the live uh, and acoustic instrumentation and stuff just heightens, it heightens what he does. I don't know. It's great. Anyway. So uh, yeah, fourth album out now on constellation and we recorded this on zoom in October sometime, September. I honestly don't remember, um, <laughs> but uh, I hope you all enjoy it. My guest today is Marcus Floats, whose fourth album, fourth album, is out now on Constellation Records. Marcus, how is it going? It's going all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So how does, general question, like, how does it feel to have the album done and, like, being out into the world? <laughs> I gotta say, it feels great. Um uh, Yeah. I love I love finishing a thing that's taken a very long time to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's such a rewarding thing to. I, I imagine I know in my experience it's like there are moments on a, you know when you're working on a project or a record that takes a, a while. Yeah, moments where it feels like maybe this is never gonna <laughs> never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, slow and steady wins it wins wins the race, as they say. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just so to get into the album, because that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, what, that, well, there's a lot of things that stick out to me. But one of the things to kind of start is in the description of it, you kind of talk about how it's it's about like asking for help and making a home. Like those were two things that mm -hmm. grabbed me. Um, I was just wondering if you could kind of elaborate on that a little bit and kind of the experiences that sort of led to this. I don't know, this becoming sort of a theme of the record or like part of your creative process. Okay. Um, what can I say? Uh, so yeah, Marcus Floats has historically been like my solo project. I've always like played in bands and then had this thing on the side that I did kind of. And I was just like, mm -hmm. yeah, this me in my bedroom studio. And I'm just like doing everything, making the artwork, uh, self-released the first two records and uh yeah it always just felt very 
like overly DIY, I would say. Like do it yourself, but like do everything yourself. Like right. master it yourself. <laughs> Get you know, every every yeah, it's, it's just like a lot of uh, a lot of control that I try to relinquish this time around. Uh so I've been playing in this free jazz group called uh, Egyptian Cotton Orchestra with uh, Ari Swan, James Goddard, Lucas Wang. Uh, and they're... So I asked them to play on this album. And I basically just told them, like, play whatever you want. So we got, in the... <laughs> we got into the studio, uh, Kai Brooks Engineering, uh, my label mate Kai. And yeah, kind of just like had a bunch of tracks, gave it to them, they're like, do do what you will, and I'll reincorporate it into the music, and that's what wow. happened. What did I mean? What did that feel like? Kind of relinquishing control of. I mean, obviously it came back, but mm-hmm. that's. I feel like that's like a very. Um, like I think it's a very admirable thing. But it's like a very vulnerable thing to like hand over your like. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> it is that it isn't. Uh, it, it felt really good. It did feel really good, but like. At the same time, it's not that different from, you know, playing in a band of just like, mm-hmm. I'm, I have, say you have a, you're a guitarist, like I wrote this song and then the drummer writes a part and, you know, bassist writes a part. But the difference being that I'm not correcting anyone, I guess, is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, but yeah. Anyways, but yeah, it felt really good. It felt great. And I'm very appreciative uh, to these musicians. Yeah, I that like the all the different instrumentation on this record, especially kind of compared to some like the other stuff of yours that I was familiar with, was like that really just grabbed me immediately. Um, and I mean, was there a certain thing that so obviously you're playing in this band, and but like that motivated you to do it different this time and to involve your bandmates and to like, or was it just something you wanted to just to do to try it's something i wanted to try but it's also i wanted to get a grant <laughs> ah, and fair yeah and so it seemed like a natural thing that i could get money for <laughs> and right like, yeah and it was just this great opportunity to be able to pay all of my friends like a working yes. living oh. wage and myself so yes it all just came together in this way that i'm very happy with that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I got a, a grant recently for a project, and that was, like, a big part of it. Like, for me, it was, I was like, hey, this is, like, my way of, like, redistributing the wealth yeah. because it's this money is coming from a very large foundation that has a lot of money. And, um, yeah, that's awesome. No, I think that's – do you think – not to, like – you know, I want to keep the focus on the record, but do you think this is – like, has this taught you something – going forward you know like as you down the road work on more solo stuff is it like is it make you think like oh this is a good thing to keep in mind like you know to incorporate or is this maybe just is this like for this project you know i i couldn't tell you uh yeah i i hope so it does Mm -hmm. it, it was like such a pleasant experience and i think the record is better for having other people provide their creative input um but yeah i I'm, I'm assuming that i will continue down this path but you know who knows you're telling me you don't know the future <laughs> i have no idea what i'm doing i'm sorry <laughs> yeah every day it's like i got an idea. <laughs> yeah 
One day at a time. One day at a time. Um, well, one of the things too is that, like the a specific th- a specific thing is the inclusion of the quote from Fred Moten mm-hmm. in the final track, which I found, I that thought that was really intriguing and wonderful because Fred Moten is incredible. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about the significance of that quote and like and how it sort of ties into the record? Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was introduced by to Fred Moten from by uh, a good old artist friend, uh, Candice Friesen, who is like a international sculptor person of interest. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, for, like so for my live show, I try to incorporate some sort of text, some sort of dialogue, mm-hmm. um, just because I find it's something that an audience can hold on to, even if they're not like fully paying attention to the words themselves. It's sort of like, oh, there's a human talking. There's something interesting, something dynamic happening. And mm-hmm. I've used Fred Moten in the past just because I find his work is very, I, I want to say droney, but like not in a droning on and on kind of way, but droney right. and just like, it's very steady and it's very... Yeah, it's like the sonic quality of it is very... Yeah, and he's just like, the way he reads is mm-hmm. so eloquent. And, yeah. and I've used that quote, the quote that I've used on the album, I've used it live as well. Cause mm. Just because I feel like it encapsulates, encapsulates a very clear idea of like a way forward or like a way to not be frustrated by a perceived lack of progress. It's sort of like when we're mm. trying to, you know, the quote is like, figure, figure it out you know, figuring it out, what is figuring it out, how do we figure it out, and, like, the idea that figuring it out is not the solution at the end, it's the process of figuring it out is part of figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that that answer the uh, question? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think it's a satisfying answer, so that's good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. yeah, and so, I mean, was there, because this is the first time you've, like, actually included spoken word on the album, right? Correct. Am I? Yeah. It, was there, a, was there a particular, like, I mean, obviously you said you use it in your live sets, and that makes total sense. Was there any specific reason that you decided to, like, I'm going to put it on an album now, or is it just um, kind of an extension of that idea of with the live shows? Or Honestly, it was part of the grant as well. Oh. It was so it was like well, it's part of the grant. I'm doing air quotes, but it's like yeah. the idea of <laughs> reaching out and sort of. Mm. Uh, so like, I just like cold emailed Fred Moten, being like, "Hey, can I wow. use some of your words on this album?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course." I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's cool though. I mean, I really, you know, I because grants can be weird things. Oh, like, so weird. Um. But like it's really cool that be, that it was kind of an impetus to like reach out and connect to somebody that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, like, I, and I and I and I think about that like as a connection to mute. Like for me, like making music and putting music out and talking about music, like that's a big part of it. Is that I feel like I meet and connect with people I probably wouldn't otherwise, and it's um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just think there's a. I don't have a question here. I'm just talking. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but I, I think that's really cool. Like, yeah, it was super nice and very. I'm very grateful that Fred Moten allowed me to use his words. Yeah, he's amazing. Have you heard the record he did last year with Brandon Lopez and Gerald Cleaver? I haven't heard the album, but I know it exists, and oh, I've nice. seen some live footage, and it just seems incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's like I mean, it's like three people. It's the it's like okay, it's like the if I could pick a drummer, it's like Gerald Cleaver can do anything. <laughs> Brandon Lopez is a bass player, can do anything, and Fred, yeah, yeah it's just it's, like it's really three good. geniuses being geniuses. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Well, speaking of, I guess the like of live performances, ha- have you done any of this material live yet? I have not. Um, I sort of dropped the ball on booking a, <laughs> a release show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is coming out later, so maybe there is a release show, and it was amazing. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> it's the best experience ever. Oh my god, it was uh, it was incredible. People can't stop talking. Transcendent, about it, transcendent. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, no, I, I would love to figure something out with the band and get this get this rolling in a very real way. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, since you're already in a band with them, it yeah. seems like it <laughs> switch, seems like there's very much a way to make it happen. Right? The switch from bass to laptop, and there we go. <laughs> uh, how I'm, I'll be honest. I don't. I have. I don't know that I've heard the band which i need to because the name of it egyptian cotton orchestra is <laughs> that's such a cool name yeah uh i don't think there's any recordings out in the world so this, oh, there's well, no be, excuse are there, yeah, that's the okay. that's the reason you haven't heard it <laughs> do you guys how often do you guys play uh i'd say like a couple times a year okay maybe like two or three times a year for the past five-ish years wow yeah that's all I, well i'm what what's how would you how would you describe it? How would I describe it? Um, usually we'll have one practice before the show, and it's very very free. Um, like Ari's a classically trained violinist, so she can kind of just she's just incredible. James has these intense punk roots, saxophonist and mbira. So he's been playing with like the retail simps and like all these punk groups, MPMP trio. Uh, so and Lucas is also just this incredible drummer. I always think of him as a bit of like a, a dancer when he's drumming. Um, <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, and it's just great. We just get up there and it's like ambient. It's free jazz. It's aggressive. It's soft. We kind of just feel it out, and I really enjoy it. That sounds awesome. Oh. Maybe someday there will be recordings of it. And then Hopefully, yeah. I'll or or I'll just, I just need to come to Montreal again. It's been a long time since I've been in Montreal. Yeah, come so. on up. Yeah. yeah. Let me know next time you guys are playing and I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fly you down. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll apply for a grant. and we'll... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm working on an application for one right now and I hate the process. Oh, that's a nightmare. Um, yeah. Um, well, okay, so there. Were, I'm going back to the record. Okay, um, we're kind of going all over the place here, <laughs> but that's all right. Um, there, like another one of the things, and, I, and obviously I'm basing this on, and I realize you didn't write the like label copy, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm hopeful that you had input to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the descriptions is it talks about. I think the, I don't remember the exact quote, but it talked about 
um, sonic elements that you could, like that were out of the box, right? And how that sort of I was wondering if you could talk about that and like how that sort of you know what that means to you and how that sort of ex- maybe expanded the musical palette of the record. Okay, yeah, or the- I, I can do that. um so yeah um the last record uh third album uh was all in the box so it's all just like midi instruments uh soft synths uh uh, literally i just have a midi keyboard and logic pro and that's the only thing i used and so everything it sounds very well like the i'm going for like a certain amount of like cleanliness in the sound mm-hmm. everything's very precise mm-hmm. everything's like perfectly cued uh everything's on the grid and so getting live musicians there's like the little bit of chaos way more <laughs> dynamic i find like oh this part's quieter <laughs> like this instrument can like <laughs> you know play more than just like one clean note you know it can do slides right. and vibratos and all these fun little things that MIDI instruments have a really hard time replicating. Mm-hmm. So yeah, having that out of the box uh, aspect, I feel adds a lot of warmth and a lot of like humanity. I, I think. Mm. I hope. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I, thinking to your other records, like you telling me like, oh, it's you know, it's all like soft synths and VSTs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I can see. But I'm also it also kind of surprises me. I don't know because I think that they have there's like a different kind of warmth to them. I don't know. Oh. Um, but but I, what you're saying totally makes sense because the last year and a half or so, I've primarily been making stuff with just like I have a MIDI keyboard and mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I use Reaper instead of Logic, but well, it's the same yeah, idea. Yeah. Um, and it's been a very like that's not how I made music at all for like 20 years, mm-hmm. and I got tired of setting up equipment if i ever wanted <laughs> and so yeah it's been it's it's yeah it's been a, i don't know it's been like a really eye-opening experience but um yeah well that's cool um what what were some of i guess the maybe the biggest challenges you had with like finishing this or making the record like i, I i'm sure there were different ones along the way but um like what were I don't know. Were there certain ever like things that came up that you that like were particularly memorable as far as like okay, I got to figure this out to finish this? Or... <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say the what? Yeah, the main. Oh, what? Uh, oh, yeah. I would say <laughs> one of the main main hurdles was financial, of just uh, like mm. this this year they delayed the Canada Council announcements by like a month and a half or like two, almost two months. So mm-hmm. for November, December, January, I had about a couple hundred dollars. I had to ask my parents for money. Thanks, mom and dad, <laughs> to pay rent. Um, and so I had to go into the studio just being like, I hope I get this grant. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise mommy and daddy are going to bail me out. But uh, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> yes. Thank you, my middle class parents, for having way right. more money than me. <laughs> Gosh, that sounds yeah, that sounds really stressful. But um, other than that, creatively, it was just no, it was just very pleasant working with my friends. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the best. Um, kind of maybe on the flip side of that, what are some of the things that surprised you like while making the record or once it was done that you're like, Oh, didn't expect that. Or I mean, and I guess especially maybe in relation to, you know, when you kind of handed things off and then got it back to finish things mm-hmm. or like, were there certain things that, um, yeah, that caught you off guard or anything? I th- think musically, the main thing that caught me off guard was just like the density especially in some mm. of like uh Ari and James's performances cuz we just like ended up layering like probably up to 10 takes and oh, wow. so I was just like placing those different takes in the stereo field doing very little manipulation and it all just sat together in this way that I was very surprised I'm like oh these <laughs> these musicians are very good <laughs> <laughs> and Lucas as well just like Playing along to these things that are not, you know, conducive to drumming in a lot of ways. Like they're rhythmic, yeah. but like there's no there's no groove. There's just like but he just found this way to find the spots that needed filling. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I imagine too, especially, you know, the a lot of these being musicians that you've played with for years. Like, it must have been really cool to kind of hear them in a different context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was super fun. It was great. Has it have, you think it'll have any influence on the, on the band? <laughs> like, like, oh, wait, we could be doing, we have, you guys are, could, we could do so much more. Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the band sounds like. So just, <laughs> you know what? I'm just, I doubt it. <laughs> I think Egyptian yeah. Carn Orchestra is just going to keep doing what, 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 it, you do. what it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, well, that's like all the questions I have. Is there anything about the album specifically that you you want to make sure you mention, or that is I don't know that we didn't talk about that is we should talk about? Is there anything about the um, ba, 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 ba. or just in general? I don't know. I mean, the... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on uh, glo- yeah. globally. We could talk about news or we could not let's let's not do that that's it's depressing yeah it's, it's not just depressing is, but like it's awful um yeah <laughs> but the world is like an especially dark place at the moment it's, i mean it's, it's, yeah it's not great it's not great out there but um yeah. <laughs> this has been very Everybody nice take care of yourselves <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i hope whoever is listening can find a, a little a moment of something pleasant yeah that's, that's about well, it. I will say for me, your album has provided very numerous moments of something pleasant, and it's um, I the you spoke about the density of some of the tra- and they the, a lot of this music to me feels like these sort of fully realized other worlds, and so it's there is a almost escapist quality to it, and not in a like oh I'm you know like. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's been really good for, at least for me personally, as like a place to find a moment to just take a breath. That's, and that's, that's incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan. I hope people check it out and, and congratulations on your amazing release show. That was the, <laughs> the best ever. I'm sorry you couldn't make it. Yeah, it was, uh, I, 
you know, there was like uh, that, 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 there's like that Queen concert. There's like AC- the Live Aid yeah, one. Yeah, Live Aid. There's like ACDC in, uh, what was it, Mexico City. And then there was my release show. Yes. Yeah. You had, like Freddie Mercury before you, you had the audience in the palm of oh, your hand. Oh, it was, just... it was magical. <laughs> well, thank you, Marcus. This is wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> So yeah, that's it. Another Fox Digital's podcast in the books. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for, I don't know, just checking stuff out, being around, doing whatever. As always, you can holler at me all over social media. Just look for Fox Digital's. I'm easy to find. Send me an email. Send me a voicemail. All that is in the show notes. And if you want to even do one better, Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash foxydigitalis. It helps keep this going. It's going to hopefully help it continue to keep covering all this fucking awesome music that not enough people are talking about and hopefully evolve and continue to grow from there and all those things. I don't know. Those of you who have joined the Patreon, thank you endlessly. You have my gratitude until the end of time. With that, hope you all have a good weekend. Or whenever you listen to this, a good day, a good night. And always remember, the sound is for everyone.